Thomas Olmstead, Chief Executive Officer of Lillehammer 2016, says that the upcoming edition of the Winter Youth Olympic Games is completely resting on the legacy of the 1994 Winter Olympics. You're listening to the latest Sunday edition of ATR Radio. I'm Nicole Bennett. Lillehammer 2016 opens on February 12th. Organizers say some 1,100 athletes from 70 countries will participate in the games. The second edition of the Winter Yog closes in Lillehammer on February 21st. Homestad spoke with ATR editor Ed Hula this week and said that with less than 200 days until the opening ceremony, overall preparations for the 2016 Winter Yog are on track. Yes, the heat is now really getting on with less than 200 days till the big day and the, and the opening ceremony. Uh, and at an overall level, I will say we are in a green zone. We uh, we are on track with our preparation. As in all projects, there are things that we should look quite carefully uh, towards in the next 200 days. But at an overall level, we are on track. But most importantly for us is really to to work with all of the youth engagement and everything that we do with with young people. And in that area of the project, I'm very confident that we are on track. As far as construction, new venues, new facilities go, are you finished? Yes, uh, the Lillehammer 2016 games is very much built on the legacy of the 1994 games. We have not done many constructions. The biggest one is the Youth Olympic Village, where we construct 360 student apartments. As we speak, 360 students are moving into these apartments, so these buildings are finished and in operations. Uh, we also have constructed a new curling hall and a new ice hockey hall, which are in operations already, so they are finished. So there are two minor projects left. It's to upgrade the alpine venue with new ski or snow production, which is on track, and it's a small update of the profile of the small jumping hill. And both of these projects are on track and will be finished during the summer. You have venues set, I guess, five different venue locations generally mm. uh, for for these Youth Olympic Games. Is is transportation getting athletes from place to place a, a, a big big issue or a big challenge for you? It's one of the challenges that that we face. Um, not a big challenge. The biggest challenge is, uh, with terms of transportation and athletes, is the Oslo. We have moved the halfpipe to Oslo, which is two hours away from Lillehammer, and that will take part on place on the opening weekend of the Yog. So the athletes in uh, competing in halfpipe will. Uh, first come to Lillehammer, then they will move to Oslo for two to three days, and then they will move back to to Lillehammer to take part in the other cultural and educational activities. And some of them will also compete in border cross, ski cross, etc., or, or or the slope style discipline. So that's the biggest challenge when it when it comes to transportation. You talked about the engagement programs that involves people and planning and organizing what you're going to say and what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, with the young people once once they get here, yeah. uh, talk about what what what's involved there, what you have planned uh, for the for the youngsters when they get to Lillehammer. Exactly, and this is our big. This is really one of our legacy commitments: is to directed towards the athletes, where we really say that we want to make an impact in their life, and we are saying that by meaning a lot for these athletes, we can actually mean something for all of the athletes around them. So, so this is an important part, and there are two main levers in in this strategy. One of them is the core cultural and educational activities that we know quite well from from Innsbruck, where we are doing this also with a Norwegian touch. We are here really 
leveraging upon all of the competence we have within winter sports in Norway, partnering up with the Norwegian Olympic Committee and Olympiatoppen, um, and all, but also with other organizations like the Crown Prince and his Global Dignity Foundation, who are working on how these athletes can become real role models. So that's the cultural and educational part of it. And maybe even more important thing we are working on is what we call the Shugfest, which is named after our mascot Shug, which again is the Norwegian or the local word for snow. And this Shugfest will be a cultural festival, which we will place around the games. And here I think we take another step compared to what Innsbruck did. This Shugfest is a quite extensive program consisting of several sub-programs. For example, we are bringing the 100 most talented musicians in Norway within the Yog Age to Lillehammer to perform in the venues and on different club stages in the night. We are also having a program we, call, we are calling START, which are involving a lot of young artists doing art who will have different exhibitions around in Lillehammer during the area, many of them working with ice and snow as their material. We are also having a movie festival, which will prefer with young uh, directors who are going to be uh, show their movies outside in the city center and also inside in the cinemas. And all of these movies will have an outdoor team and very much go beyond Create Tomorrow, which is our vision. Um, we are also having what we call as a part of this cultural festival, the Get Active program, who is aimed to inspire young people to get active. These have several levers to, en to enhance that. One of them is the Try the Sport program, where every kid that goes to one of the sporting venues in 2016 will have the opportunity to try the sport they've just seen. Maybe go on the field of play afterwards, maybe try a small jumping hill next to the big jumping hill, and so on. This is one of the levers. Another lever is that some non-Olympic sport will be able to, as a part of the cultural festival, um, get uh, let young people try their sport. For example, we have an interesting thing there with Telemark or parkour, uh, which will be a possibility for young kids to try. Mm -hmm. The third thing is that we will take some of the traditional sports and maybe let them show themselves in non-traditional venues. Could we have a ski race uh, down one of the steep city uh, city um, streets of Lillehammer, for example. So this Get Active program is an important part of this Shugfest. What, what have you taken away or learned from, or how will this be different, say, than Innsbruck, the first Youth Olympic Games? Um, I think Innsbruck was a great, great starting point, and we are really inspired by what, what Innsbruck did. Uh, I think uh, for us it's important to, to put this cultural dimension really on, on the focus on what we are doing, so we are maybe putting even more than Innsbruck in to, this, um, to this cultural festival. In order also to achieve this, we got the Coordination Commission in May to say that we are not having a traditional medal class as they had in Innsbruck. We are taking the medal ceremonies and moving them out to the venues post-competition, as we know from the Summer Games. This we do, first of all, in order to ensure that the people in the venue get a complete experience, also with the victory ceremony. But maybe even more important, to, to free up time for the Shugfest in the evening, where we will have a celebration of the athletes that have won, but not a protocol, much more a rock and roll, fireworks, smoke, in order to make them feel like rock stars in the evening, not with the national anthems, not with, but much more a youthful and engaging way. And this daily celebration is the daily kickoff and highlight of this Shugfest that will happen in the city center at nighttime. 
Now, Lillehammer is not a, a big city. Uh, what are you expecting for spectators? Uh, are you counting on a large number of spectators, or is this going to be more of a experience for the Youth Olympic Young Olympians? It's one of the things where we are uh, we are a quick bit unsure. I thought it will be very exciting to see how things develops during the next months. Uh, we don't expect a lot of uh, fortune and uh, expectators traveling to Lillehammer. One of the big challenges is to ensure that we get people from the Oslo area, which is quite dense populated, to come maybe a day to Lillehammer. But still, the most important spectators are the local youth that we have in the region. And they are, even though it's not a huge region, it's, it's sufficient to get a good uh, good atmosphere during, during the game time. Would you be able to bring this event to Lillehammer if there were not the Olympic Games held in 1994? No, this event is completely resting upon the legacy of the 1994 event, especially and hope mainly because of the venues, because then we, we didn't have to do much infrastructure investments. But you have a lot of government support? Yes. Different levels of government? Uh, I must say, especially bearing the 2022 situation in, in mind, when it comes to the 2016 Games, we have had really a huge political support for the Games. Bearing back that in 2011, it was a unanimous parliament with all political parties voting for giving uh, the financial support to this event. And also, we, we have had some issues with gaining sufficient sponsorship revenue for our Games. So in the national budget in uh, in June, as, as uh, already reported in uh, in our own rings, uh, there was an, an extraordinary contribution to us on 2.2 million euros, and also this extra contribution was given by all parliaments, uh, all parties in the parliament, unanimous. And this shows the strong support we have on the political level, and in addition, we enjoy the strong support of our royal family with the crown prince as one of the members in our advisory board, and also taking them direct part in the cultural and educational activities in the Games. Referencing Oslo's attempt to bid for the 2022 Olympics, which did not get government support, how is it that the Youth Olympic Games is enjoying that kind of support from the government, whereas the bigger project, the Winter, Winter Olympics, is not, not as easily uh, uh, accepted by the government? And political leaders. I, I wasn't involved in, in the 2022 games. I can't really, or be so I can't talk on that extent. What I can say is that youth and sport is really important for Norway. We love winter sport, and I think kind of the joy, the enjoyment of winter sport, the strong uh, support or, or the strong willingness that is to invest in young people are really core for many of the political parties and are, are why really the Youth Olympic Games lies close to the heart for, for Norway and for our politicians. What do you think the experience will be like for young people when they, when they come to Lillehammer in Norway? How would you like them to leave leave the games what kind of feeling do you want them to have i'm i'm uh, picturing myself a lot of snow blue skies low temperatures that everybody can talk back to 1994 and say that i i froze as much as my father did in 1994 with uh, dedicated maybe not uh, tons of but dedicated young spectators 
and that I have met young leaders, young volunteers that I have made friends with and that I have made friends in for a lifetime, both with other athletes, but also with these young leaders, young volunteers that we bring to the games that will last for a lifetime. So uh, experience with a cultural and educational dimension in these magnificent surroundings that I don't think you can almost find anywhere else in the world than, than in Lillehammer. And the most important things you have to do in the next few months, what's your... What is it that you, you, you're worried about most or you're most eager to, to, be, to be ready? We, we really need to get the message across about how fantastic these games are going to be in the region, in the nation, and also internationally. So we really need to work on engagement and communication in order to get out the message. I don't, I'm sure these games are going to be a success, and I don't want to sit there in Mars and thinking that, and hearing people say, oh, this was such a great event, why didn't we know about it before? So communication, engagement is really the core of what we have to do. Then in addition, there are some planning stuff that we need to, we, that we need to fix and to get done. There is a lot of work, but I'm sure that the team is going to, to manage that. So it's about engagement, communication, getting the word out there about how great these Olympic Games are. Do you have volunteers? We are planning for around 3,000 volunteers. Uh, at the moment, we, we have maybe around 2,000 in our files, so we still need to, uh, to recruit some. I'm sure that will be no problem when the new students come to Lillehammer and Jövik and Hammer this, uh, this autumn. There is, uh, there is going to be a new wave of recruitment. So, and I'm glad also to report that the average age of these volunteers are around 30 years, which is substantially lower than what's usually in a region or in other sports events in the region. And that also we actually have more female than male applications for, for our volunteer program, which is also really, really good. So uh, the volunteer program is really at the heart of what we are doing and it's one of the things we will focus very, very much on during the coming months. Again, that was Thomas Olmstad, Chief Executive Officer of Lilyhammer 2016, speaking with ATR editor Ed Hula. Be sure to check into Around the Rings online, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening. <laughs>